Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Our daily habits and the impact they have on us, but also the impact that they have on other people. So I'm going to say a prayer and then I'll jump right into it. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. Thank you for giving me the strength and the confidence to do this. I pray that you would help me to speak with boldness. I pray that you would help me to speak with anointing and that your will would be done in this place, God. Help us to leave feeling your love, your conviction. Give us direction tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I think about habits, uh, there's a particular person that comes to my mind and that is my grandpa, Horace Cox. And I didn't know mom and dad were going to be here, but this is perfect because this is my dad's dad. And um, growing up in like high school and getting through college, um, my grandpa was a big part of my life. And he's, for as long as I can remember, he's been self-employed. Um, so he had a business and a few things that we did you you wouldn't be you would be shocked to hear this but i used to drive a dump truck i used to operate heavy equipment um i've operated a ditch witch a time, or time or two i have uh dug some water lines and gas lines um that's just a few of the things we did we also put in septic systems typically they were brand new so it wasn't as gross as you may think Um, but I learned so much from that season of my life. And, um, anyway, I just want to share a couple of habits that he had every morning when I'd get in the truck, it would never be a surprise to hear Aaron first. Why don't we go to shortstop and get us a sausage and biscuit? And he always said, and biscuit. I don't know why I've always called it just a sausage biscuit, but he called it a sausage and biscuit. (laughs) another phrase that you might hear him say is if it's extra cold in the morning and there's frost on the ground, he'd say something like, there's a little bit of frost on the pumpkin this morning, eh, bub? (laughs) Another thing that I think of when I think of him is occasionally I would find myself in a position where I would need a pocket knife, and I've never been one to really carry one. And so I would say, Granddaddy, do you have a knife I could borrow? I need to cut something. And he would respond with, boy, do I have my britches on? (laughs) He loved his pocket knife, and he always had it on him if he was wearing pants. That's what I got from that anyway. Lastly, uh, something that I really remember with him, this was a sign that it was going to be a nice, slow day is if I got in the truck and he said, we're going to stop by Carlton's. Carlton was his best friend. He had a store up the road. And we would walk in, and they would shoot the breeze. And I'm telling you, it would be the same exact jokes every single day. It would always be a pot of Folgers coffee that always tasted a little bit old for some reason. But my grandpa was certainly a man of habits. And... uh, On a more serious note, a couple of things that he instilled in me. One, 
uh, is my work ethic. He was such a hard worker, um, worked super long hours, and I know uh, by the time I was working with him, he wasn't working quite as long, but he was a hard worker, and also he, um, he had a walk with God, and he always believed in the church and any activity that was going on there. So anytime I would say, granddaddy, I need, or, you know, this event's coming up. I got asked to play drums. I got asked to do this or that. He would say, well, you need to go. And he would let me off work. And I, I want to do that for someone one day too. Um, Cause that really changed my life. That's part of the reason I'm where I am today. So we, but the fact is, we all have our daily routines, and I want you to think about what you do on a daily basis. What are some things that you do every day without even thinking? Here's some examples. Maybe you wake up to an alarm. Maybe you hit snooze a dozen times, and so you get that extra hour of sleep, but then you're in a frantic rushing to work. Here's a practical life hack for that is to set an alarm across the room. That's what I started doing, because then you have to get up. Or if you have a Google Home, you can. it's going to force you to talk to it. Nobody likes to talk, but it at least wakes you up. So some other habits. Maybe you shower in the morning. Hopefully you brush your teeth. Maybe you walk your dog. Um, you know, if you really want to spoil yourself, maybe you even put your clothes in the dryer and so before you get dressed, they're nice and warm. If you have time to do that, then you have your schedule down to a T. Uh, and then maybe it's getting kids ready for school, checking homework or something like that. But something that I do every morning is I, I'm a big coffee drinker. Anybody else a big coffee drinker? Uh, in recent months, I tried an experiment where I went a few days without coffee, actually about a week and it was miserable, and I'm back on my daily grind, to say the least. Um, coffee, to me, is just magical. It, it's something I look forward to every morning, but if I really want to reward myself, I'll skip making it myself and just go through the Starbucks drive through And when I do this, I just feel like I'm setting myself up for success. I feel like that day is about to be so good. And the, the sad truth is, before they even hand me the coffee, I'm, like, already feeling more awake. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it just brings me excitement, happiness, energy, and I could really use a cup right now, to be honest. But what I want to really emphasize here is the chain reaction that habits can have. Let's use something other than coffee, for example. Here are a few, or this year... Sorry, this year I've made it a point to improve my posture. And I know that may seem a little random, but it's my New Year's resolution. And so throughout the whole year, I want to be very conscious of what my posture is like. Here are a few benefits to having good posture, according to the World Wide Web. Better breathing, more self-confidence, back relief, improved mood. You look skinnier. Not that I need to do that. And you have greater function as you age. And so that's kind of just my thing. And although I'm not certainly perfect at it, I continue to work on it every day because I know 
the good benefits that it can have for me. Let me explain even further. Because I have good posture, I feel more confident about myself and in myself. I feel good in who I am. I feel like I'm capable. And because of this confidence, I'm able to communicate a little bit better. And because I communicate better with others, they feel more comfortable. And typically, they're more understanding of what I might be trying to say. This makes that person that I'm talking to feel better. And here's my point. Now, my good posture has not only benefited me, but it's also benefited someone else. Habits are so powerful. And just as good ones are impactful, bad habits are also impactful. Let's say you forget to brush your teeth. Your breath now stinks, so you feel a little bit insecure. People smell your breath, and they start talking behind your back. You find out, so you start crying. Now you're embarrassed, and you miss a sale because your customer is so distracted by your bad breath and your teary-eyed face. And then at the end of the day, let's just top it off with a trip to the dentist, and you find out you have five cavities. Talk about a snowball effect. And that's exactly what habits can do for us. And I know that's a little powerful or dramatic, but there's some truth to that. Here's a quote from author and pastor Craig O'Shell. If you want to change who you are, change your habits. Why is this? It's because your life is a sum total of the decisions that you make. If you want to change your life, change your habits. There's someone in the Bible that had his disciplines down to a science. His name is Daniel. God blessed him, and he blessed others around him because of his discipline. We most commonly know him for surviving in a den of lions without a scratch even being on him. In Daniel 6, we learn a few things about him. Right off the bat, I notice that he's an amazing guy, living a blessed life with tons of influence and favor, so much that his coworkers get a little bit jealous of him. And I'd like to pick up reading about that in verse 3. It says this. Now Daniel was so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the entire kingdom. At this, his co-workers tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in this conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to find any wrong with him. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy, neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find a basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these guys went as a group to the king, and they basically pleaded with him to make this law where everybody worships the king. So as the king, that sounds pretty good, right? Everybody's worshiping you. And so, of course, King Darius, he was a big fan of this. And so verse 9 says, so King Darius put the decree in writing. And then now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. And I want to emphasize that part right there. 
He went and prayed just like he did every single day. And he did it three times a day. Daniel had a habit that is perhaps the most important habit of all. And that was a daily relationship with God. It says in verse 10, he went to the same spot and did the same thing he had always done. And that was pray. Thanking God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you to be in Christ Jesus. It makes me kind of wonder how hard it was for Daniel to thank God in that moment. Like the king had just made it illegal for him to pray to his God, but Daniel didn't seem to be too threatened by this. And in my opinion, what made praying so easy for Daniel to do in this troubled time was that he did it all the time. Day in and day out, good times and bad times, he had an understanding of God's faithfulness. He had a system to fall back on when times got tough. And maybe he wasn't thinking too clearly. Maybe he was tempted to do something that he shouldn't have done. But because he did what he did day in and day out, it was his natural thing to just go back to prayer. Good habits can be easy until something more convenient comes along. And believe me, it doesn't take long for that to happen. Remember New Year's resolutions? Why don't they seem to work? We try them every single year. And right now you're probably thinking, oh no, I forgot to do that thing that I said I was going to do at the beginning of the year or maybe you've already stumbled, gotten off track with it. I forgot I was going to go to the gym. I forgot I was going to eat healthier. Instead, I went to the gym on pizza night. I ate, and I forgot to work out. I've heard that happening. It's actually a sad reality. They have pizza at the gym now. (laughs) So why don't these resolutions typically work? It's because of this. We set goals Successful and unsuccessful people alike all set goals. And this is what is interesting to me. For the most part, across the board, no matter the social class or status of the person, all the goals that we set are very, very similar to each other. Eating better, working out, spending more time with family maybe, managing money better. So why does it seem to work so well for others and not everyone? The difference is this. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. The key is consistency. And practically speaking, the key is to have a system. Daniel did the exact same thing he did every single day, and that was pray. I don't see where he was ever short on time or ever had excuses I just see a man who knew what was most important and did it daily. Not because he set a goal, but because he had a system, a daily routine, a disciplined life, and he understood the power of a habit. The story of Daniel in chapter 6 goes on to show that God was faithful. Daniel was arrested. He was tossed into a den of hangry lions. But God sent an angel to shut their mouths and Daniel came out totally unharmed. We see that Daniel's accusers are thrown into the den without the same luck. 
King Darius was so thrilled to have Daniel back and that God performed what no man ever could have done. Here's, what, here's a look at what King Darius had to say at the end of it all. And keep in mind, this is the guy that was just getting everybody to worship him. King Darius said this, for he is the living God talking about Jesus. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Because of Daniel's routine prayers, he now lives or lived to tell a miraculous story of surviving in a den of lions, his enemies vanished, and the king declaring every part of the kingdom must bow down to the God of Daniel. Wow, that is a huge impact that Daniel had, and it all goes back because he decided to pray like he did every day. And I love the way the chapter ends. Verse 28 says this. Daniel prospered during during the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Daniel didn't just survive. He survived. He thrived and survived. God really ended up blessing Daniel when it was all said and done. And not only did he have a story, but he impacted an entire kingdom of people because of it. So I want to list a few benefits this habitual prayer lifestyle could have in your life because I know if God is faithful to Daniel, he's going to be faithful to us. Here's some benefits of a daily relationship. As we see with Daniel, it's easier to withstand temptation and cultural pressure. Maybe you're facing pressure at school. Maybe you're facing pressure at work to do something that you just don't feel right about, that you feel like maybe God's convicted you about, or maybe it's something that goes against God's word. If you have that daily relationship, God will give you strength for that. When you pray every day, you take advantage of the fact that his mercies are new every single morning. Hearing what God has to say for that day is another benefit. And in Matthew six eleven, it talks about It's the Lord's prayer, and he says, give us this day our daily bread. To God, it's so important to have a daily walk with him. And I love this. In John 1 and 1, it talks about how the word is God and God is the word. So when you read the word, if you're looking for a word from God, the Bible is God's word to us. It's like him speaking to us. So when we pray, we're having a conversation. We're talking to God. And the Bible is one of God's ways of talking back. In Matthew six thirty four, it says that God gives you strength for the day. And I feel like so many times we like to rush into tomorrow. Whenever God's saying, I've given you strength for today. Don't forget about today. So having that daily walk can relieve anxiety. Casting your cares on him daily getting daily direction, having divine connections in your life. I believe that God has a plan for you to meet certain people at certain times. And if you're in tune with God, he'll show you exactly who that is. And he'll make sure you're at the right place at the right time. 
God said to take up your cross daily in Luke. In 1 Thessalonians 4.12, it talks about witnessing and influencing daily. And lastly, Hebrews 3 and 13 talks about encouraging each other daily. So what can we do? Maybe you're wanting to make an impact. Maybe you're wanting to make some changes that you know you should make. Let me encourage you. God is faithful, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Make it a habit to put him first. No more excuses. The habits you have today are shaping who you will become tomorrow. So if you want to change your life, you need to change your habits. Why is this? Because your life is a sum total of the decisions you make. And at the end of the day, the most powerful habit you could possibly ever have is a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you say, I've tried and I, I can just never seem to get the results I want. It's, it makes me think of going to the gym. You go one day and maybe you're a little discouraged because you don't see the results immediately. Maybe you go for a month and you don't really see any results and maybe you step on the scale and you've gained two pounds. But I'm telling you, telling you if you stick into the gym for nine months, then you will start to see some results. And sometimes it's that exact way with God. We may pray something we may be speaking a word from the word over our lives, and it may not come to pass immediately, but that's all part of his plan. He's got it under control. We can be rest assured that if you're doing that on a daily basis, his promises will come to pass in your life. Maybe you don't know where to start. Just keep trying. Don't be discouraged. The fact is, as humans, you'll miss a day or two. We've all done it. Maybe sometimes you even miss months. It doesn't matter. God is the ultimate example of consistency, and we can rely on him to always be there, no matter if you've been months or years without talking to him. He's there when you're ready to come back. And another thing, God rejoices at small steps. Pastor Donovan actually texted me this quote um, when I sent him my notes and let him know what I was talking about. And he said, consistency beats intensity. Consistency beats intensity. So just doing, going through that daily mundane stuff, it's so powerful. Earlier today, I was imagining this. Maybe it's your son's or son or daughter's turn up to bat at a t-ball game. Imagine the amount of happiness it brings you to see your kid swing and get onto first base. I'm not a parent, but I can imagine that's, I'm a proud dad at that, at that point. I'm, I'm cheering my son on. You got to first base. You hit the ball. That's huge. Just because he doesn't make it to home plate, I'm not disappointed in him. And neither are you. You're rejoicing with him. Good job, son. You hit the ball. You got on base. How much more is God, our heavenly father, proud of our small steps? Maybe you make it to first base one time, and then maybe the next time you're up to bat, you strike out. Well, hey, you went and tried, and guess what? 
you win the moment you go back to that ball and try to hit it again. You're automatically winning. All you have to do is get back up and try again. Keep trying. Keep going. The scripture says don't get weary in well-doing. At just the right time, at God's time, he knows how to bless you. And you will reap a harvest. Zechariah 4.10 says this. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Luke 16.10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. If you don't mind, stand with me tonight. Small victories, faithfulness, and the small mundane things will inevitably lead to larger victories and to larger things. Before you know it, you're hitting the ball and you are making a home run. You're hitting the ball and you're getting to third base. And then next thing you know, you have a little bit of confidence, so you're cheering somebody else on. And before you know it, several people are hitting home runs because of you, because you kept going up to bat. Because of Daniel's small victories in prayer, he was able to stare down the lions. He impacted the entire kingdom of King Darius. He didn't just impact his peers or he didn't just make a good impression on the king, but because of his actions, the king required that everybody serve the one true God. Imagine the benefits that you guys could see. Just like my grandpa impacted my life, just like Daniel impacted the lives of Darius's entire kingdom, what or who could you impact? Think about your family. Imagine some habits that maybe you need to let go of or maybe some habits you need to start. And think about the impact they could have years from now if you started doing them now or stopped doing them now. Think about your kids, and inevitably that will affect your grandkids. Think about your peers, the people you work with every day. We're talking about legacy. You could leave a huge legacy, all because you decided, I'm going to have a relationship with God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read. And I may miss a day, but I'm going to get back up, and I'm going to start again. All that's required is that first step. I'd like us all to come to the front for a moment, and uh, I'm just going to get us to pray together. Our daily habits affect not only you, but others around you. We should look at this as a huge opportunity. Right now, you have an opportunity to go home and maybe to get some systems in place. And maybe it helps you to talk to a friend, or if you're married, talk to your spouse and say, this is what we need to start doing. And then all of a sudden, you have some accountability. 
and that could be huge for your family, for the people that are in your life. Just start small and ask God tonight, God, where do you want me to start? What habit do you want me to start? And what's a habit that you want me to stop? What's on your mind right now? Because whatever it is, chances are maybe that's what God's speaking to you. The habits you have today are shaping who you become tomorrow. So let me ask you this. Do you like the direction your habits are taking you and the people around you? Do you like the direction they're taking you? And I like to think of it like this. If, you, if you're not sure, play that habit forward. What's the future look like doing that habit on a daily basis two years from now, three years from now, ten years from now? Also think about financial investments, like starting small and just consistently saving little by little, investing little by little. In years from now, that can turn into a huge sum. And on that note, I'd like to share one final story. Many of you are probably familiar with NBA star Shaquille O'Neal. And in 2015, he had an interview, and Shaq reveals that some, he reveals to the public some of his horrendous spending habits early in his basketball career. This is mind-boggling. He admits to spending about $1 million in 45 minutes on cars and paying off his parents' home, which seems sweet. I would love to do that one day. But still, $1 million in 45 minutes, and I believe it was one of the first paychecks he ever got. This isn't too huge of a surprise considering 60% of NBA players go completely broke within five years of retirement. Poor spending habits, lack of discipline, and the pressures of a luxurious lifestyle eventually catch up with you. Luckily for Shaq, he had the right people in his life. And right when he did that, his banker called and he said, man, you can't be doing that. You're going to end up so broke one day, and this isn't going to be good. And so luckily, he was able to change that habit. And now he has investments in several several successful businesses. You've probably seen him on, like, every commercial there is known to man. Um, so he was able to change that habit. Maybe you haven't had the habits you know you should have. It doesn't have to be money, but it could be. Here we are in the debt-free initiative. What better time for you to sit down and say, how can I get out of debt this year or in two years or in three years? What can I do? What steps can I take? What daily habits can I have to make that happen in my life? Because it's so liberating to have that happen. What's God speaking to you? Maybe it's scary and maybe it's sacrificial but what, where God guides, God provides. He will provide every need that you have. Just trust him and step out and do exactly what he's asking you to do. Obeying it, obeying his word will be totally worth it. I want to pray right now. God, if we don't know already maybe a habit that we could start and a habit that we could stop, I pray that you would speak to us. 
Help us to be sensitive to your voice. God, speak to us in Jesus' name. We ask you right now, we need your help, God. What's a habit that we could start that could potentially impact our families, the people that are connected with our families, and in essence, the entire world? It's possible through you, God. Help us to be faithful to your word. And if we're struggling with the consistent relationship with you, God, I pray that you would help us to maintain that. In Jesus' name, let's all just... Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.